think back to like kindergarten or first grade, they're like, oh my God, your son, your daughter, they're doing so well in school, but they're very talkative. What do your parents say? Shut up, focus on school, right? Yet this whole time you were a curious, extroverted, relationship building child. So you hide that whole part of yourself until you realize your most authentic self is who they told you not to be your whole time. So you have to do a little bit of self-discovery to realize that. But I would say is that once you figure that out, start revealing yourself in small doses, because at a certain point you will meet some resistance and you need to learn how to manage those conversations. Mi gente, dímelo, dímelo, what's good? Welcome to another episode of the Quintueras podcast brought to you by Plural. As a quick reminder on this show, the mission is to redefine professionalism. Typically, each week we bring you a different guest to walk through their experience between professionalism and authenticity. That said, this week we're switching it up a bit. The clip in the intro was actually from a fireside chat that I had at one of my speaking engagements. Unfortunately, I can't say where it was, but let's just say it was a very large and well-known financial institution in Milwaukee. This particular speaking engagement was an hour long for the first 20, 30 minutes. I was doing my thing up there, walking people through a presentation around why we need to redefine professionalism. And then the second half of it was a fireside chat. So for this week's episode, we're sharing that fireside chat. It was a dope conversation and we spoke about a lot of interesting topics when it comes to authenticity in the workplace and redefining professionalism. That said, hope you enjoy it. Let's get into this week's episode. I sat in my seat and I was literally shaking because so much of what you've said resonates with me. And I think this is true for everybody in that we hear these stories and we see ourselves because no matter where we're from, no matter what we look like, we all struggle with this question of number one, identity. Who are we really? And then two, am I being authentic in the moment? And three, how authentic should I be? <laughs> so you made a reference in your conversation and you said, it doesn't mean that you have to be your whole authentic self. How do we know where to draw the line? I think you know exactly who your authentic self is and I think you know certain things that you're hiding. But you know, when you talk about the word authenticity, it's actually the first question I ask everyone on the podcast is what's, what does the word mean to you? And it's such a buzzword that's often overused, yet we don't stop to think about what it means. In the research, I found that it's often linked to some sort of childhood trauma, right? I'll give you an example. Like, think back to like kindergarten or first grade. They're like, oh my God, your son, your daughter, they're doing so well in school, but they're very talkative. What do your parents say? Shut up focus on school, right? Yet this whole time you were a curious, extroverted, relationship building child. So you hide that whole part of yourself until you realize your most authentic self is who they told you not to be your whole time. So you have to do a little bit of self-discovery to realize that. But I would say is that once you figure that out, start revealing yourself in small doses, because at a certain point you will meet some resistance and you need to learn how to manage those conversations. Yeah, this is so good. I want to, you, you called out a couple of statistics in your conversation, and I want to make sure that I get it right, because so many of us show up with our masks on, right? And this whole concept of hiding your identity, the Mexican leader 
who paraded around as a Caucasian man because of whatever those reasons are. So many of us do it. I want to find those stats where we talk. There's a stat out there that says 46% of LGBTQ workers hide their identity at work. And according to a 2019 Harvard Business Review study article, 61% of employees with disabilities have not disclosed at work. And also the Pew Research Center says that 48% of black college grads says that they feel the need to code switch. And I'm gonna add a little story. I code switch. I had to code switch because it was my duty. So for those who don't know me, not only am I black, and I say black, I'm Afro-Caribbean. I'm originally from the Bahamas, so I'm an immigrant. And I came here on the backs of a lot of people on a small piece of limestone in the Caribbean Sea. And I felt a strong need to not only come here and do well, but to survive, to excel, and to succeed. And in order for me to do that, I had to look a certain way, I had to show up a certain way. I didn't feel like I had a choice. And it wasn't called code switching at the time, but I knew I needed to assimilate. So like you, I acted. I watched CNN. I needed to learn how to change this accent. I needed to learn how to be polished. I needed for when I sat at the table and I spoke, that people listened to the words and not what this looked like. And I found that I got more focus on the work when they weren't thinking about what this looked like. And even though it was dark, and even though it was contrary to dominant culture, it was enough to get me through. So when you ask me, be my authentic self. I'm like, listen, about that all sounds good and everything, but guess what? This has got to get through. And she's not going to get through with the braids in her hair, no makeup, and doing jeans and sneakers. What do you have to say to that person? I would say that it's a two-way street in that whole experience you're talking about. You know, first impressions matter, right? Yet we often think about the first impression from the person receiving it. Like, what about the person giving it? Like, why aren't they ever challenged to learn what the hell professionalism actually means? What executive presence mean? Like, executive presence is literally, ex you break it down, executive, a person that leads, cool. Presence is just how I show up. Has no, has, doesn't matter how you look. And this idea of like, yeah, I gotta pay the bills. Well, yeah, you can pay the bills with a lot of different jobs. Like, there are a lot of different companies that will accept you for who you are, yet, and I've been there, I've had the golden handcuffs. I've worked at Facebook, I've worked at TikTok. At TikTok, I was making the most money I ever made, I was paying my mom's bills, yet when I posted my salary transparency because I believe in equality, I was met with resistance of like, you shouldn't have done that. That's not how we do business here, all those kind of things. I'm like, all right, well, this isn't the place for me. Like, just as much as they can make a decision with this whole at-will employment, yeah. I can make a decision for myself as well. Go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. I'm for that, y'all. I am for it, yes. And I feel like I'm celebrated. Yes, let's give that a round of applause. Because I'm going to shout out, and I feel like I'm celebrated here. And I, anybody who knows me, I say this all the time. For some reason, they keep giving me a mic. I don't know why. <laughs> At some point, they're going to take it. But I mean, I love this place. This is the first time in 25 years that I've been in this country that I feel as though I'm, I am celebrated and I am challenged every day to be my authentic self. And I push back on it. But I mean, hats off to NM. The fact that you are here 
The yeah. fact that we could have this conversation is a testament to NM's commitment to diversity. I see my DNI colleagues here in the room and the investment that they're making in each of us to ensure that we show up as our best selves because that diversity and that authenticity is what creates a space for great work. And it redounds to the benefit of our client. So hats off to NM. Agreed. <laughs> So I want to talk a little bit about how this, the, the impact of assimilation on, on a personal level. Like people talk about the, the burden and the tax of not showing up as your full self. How does that affect us personally and then in a corporate environment? I mean, like I said, it's a common story that people just don't do their best work until they are their most authentic self. And people think it's like, oh, if I wear a t-shirt and sneakers, I'm my most authentic self. Like, no. Like, when I was working at Facebook, they literally hired me to fill a gap when it came to Excel skills, analytics. Yet I looked around, similar eye tests, but instead of outfits, I looked at skills. I looked around and was like, oh my God, everyone's so good at PowerPoint. Let me blend in instead of stand out with my amazing Excel skills. Like I hid my strengths because I saw everyone else being successful. So I was like, I need to be successful that way. You can be successful your own way, but you got to figure out that path. So. And that's not only impacting you on a personal level, but the organization. They're missing out on revenue that you could be driving with your clients. I mean, I've done so many speaking engagements where people are like, hey, I feel really good to be myself here, but a lot of external folks don't feel comfortable being themselves externally. That's a conversation worth having because again, you're missing out on revenue, happy customers, and also talk about retention. Like there's people that are scared to go back into the office because they feel that they can't be themselves. So it has impact across the board from a business standpoint, from a personal standpoint, you're gonna reach a breaking point. You're gonna reach burnout and you think it's like, oh no, but I'm just, this will last. I'll just do this for another couple of years until I get my title. It's only gonna get harder. You only represent the company more as you move up the ladder. You think you're not gonna wanna assimilate when you're, the, when you're in PR and all these things? It's gonna get it's gonna get harder. Yeah. So there's a personal cost. There's a personal cost, and we need to take them take a step back and figure out if it's worth it, mm -hmm. and find that place where we're celebrated. I want to say that we are gonna be opening up for questions. Slack is open. We have mics in the room. Pavel is here to take your questions. So please post them on Slack. For those of you in the room, step up to the mic. We want to hear from you. And as we, we wait for somebody to come up to the mic, we're gonna continue the questions. So my personal curiosity, right? So, so as a leader, you've got a team and you wanna foster in an environment where your team feels like they can show up as their authentic selves. That's not easy, right? Each person is different. What kind of advice do you have for our leaders in, in creating an environment, fostering an environment where people can feel as though they can show up to to be their whole selves. I get this question all the time. And it's funny because on the podcast, often on the show, people are asking like, or saying rather, I've never said this in public, but, and people are like, how do you get people to tell you their experiences that they've never shared with people? You know, they go from like sharing these anonymous quotes to like publicly naming companies and their experience around all sort of things that are in like legal cases. And I'm just like, wow. 
And I think you have to model the behavior that people respect and want to see in the world. Like, how do you expect your team to be vulnerable with you if you're not even vulnerable with them? Where every time they ask you what you do on the weekends, you lie to them. Like, they can tell when you're faking it, you know? And Now, I'm not going to say that I don't lie about what I do. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of carnival and dancing. And yeah, so, yeah. But yeah, I, I just don't think a lot of leaders model the behavior that they actually want to see in their employees. Because again, they're, they're, there's fear. So, so it starts with modeling, but it also, I think a component of that is also communication. Being able to feel like you're in a safe space to say, hey boss, you know, I hear what you're saying, but for me, this is how it feels. Yes, I think having the emotional intelligence to be able to communicate your emotions is huge. You know, I had a manager tell me one time, hey, I'm never gonna understand what it is to be a black man in tech. And we all carry some sort of identity that our manager may not understand. Yeah. And I was trying to cut through from like a cultural standpoint, but he's never gonna understand. Now, what people do understand are feelings, emotions. At some point, we've always felt, we felt undervalued, unheard, celebrated, accomplished, helpless. Like those are things that are relatable and those are things that you can actually work with within a conversation. Now, the unfortunate thing is that although 90% of what sets high performers apart from their peers is emotional intelligence, according to the Harvard Business Review, I didn't learn that at work. I had to go to therapy to learn emotional intelligence. So from like a learning and development standpoint, I think that's a huge opportunity for corporations to actually embrace. Wow. We hear it so many times, this whole concept of emotional intelligence. But what does it really mean? Like I hear emotional intelligence at work and I think that's very different from me being emotionally intelligent when I'm outside. Right, and again, there's this distinction between the person I am at work versus the person that I'm, I am outside of work, yeah. and this separation of church and state because I feel like if I show up emotionally intelligent in one way at work, it may not work as well, right? It might not be received as well. For me to tell my whole truth so that somebody knows how I'm feeling mm -hmm may not really go over well. How do I overcome that? Again, you don't have to stay there. <laughs> I would say, and it's not even like the company as a whole. I think that like team environment, managers, colleagues, like all of these are part of your experience. And this idea of like, I have to put up with things just because our family passed down these survival tactics, I just don't think it flies anymore. Like people have options these days, but I'll give you an example. Like I remember I was in a meeting and we ended the meeting and I didn't necessarily agree with the strategy that was presented. So we all got into Uber, black, it was like six of us. And in the Uber, I was like, here's what I think we should do. I disagree, right? We went a little back and forth. Somebody raised their voice at me. And I was like, okay, I raised my voice back. That was the story about like how I got labeled aggressive. Now, I had this therapy session and my, and my therapist was like, were you being loud? Were you being aggressive? I was like, you know what, probably. And she was like, listen, that's fine. They say that people that use a louder tone are often using the voice of the unheard. Have you ever felt unheard by your team? And I was like, oh my God, all the time. I say something in the room, they don't listen. Someone else says the same thing, he gets credit for it. Oh my gosh, everybody's shaking. Look at this. Yeah, Look right. at the head nods. Now, in women, that Uber. I, let me say, yeah. women in particular. Yeah. You all, look, you know that story. Mansplaining sound familiar, anyone? Yeah. But that's not what this talk is about. No, but <laughs> it kind of is though. But you know, what's interesting is that like, 
in that Uber, I didn't have the skills to be able to tell my team, like, I hear you raising your voice. I feel intimidated. Yeah. I'm, I'm about to raise my voice because I feel like that's the only way that you would listen. I don't have those skills. And also, like, we, we're taught to, like, keep emotions, check emotions at the door. Like, it was cool to share emotions, like, during COVID, but after a few years, people, like, get back to, you know, right? People are laughing because it's true, right? So the, even this idea of, like, showing emotion and being able to communicate it, it's like, do you want to seem emotional at work? I would agree. I think yes, like you should, because that's the only way that people are going to understand your experience, though. Do you guys, re can, does that resonate with you? Because it resonates with me. Like, I feel like I need to check my, I'm a woman and I'm from the, I have a big bull push personality and I'm all over the place, probably 85% of the time. And I felt, I, so I created this concept called comatose Barbie, <laughs> where when things got crazy, I had to teach myself to just like calm my emotion, become very kind of still and just smile and nod. <laughs> to get me through, to not have to face the challenges that you've described because I did not have the skills and the emotional intelligence to communicate. We have a question in the room, hi. hi. By the way, I love the topic, really appreciate the conversation. If you could explain a little bit more definition of toxic, being toxic. So earlier you talked about being toxic. You dropped an F-bomb here and there. Where, but that's part of you, that's part of you. You could tell that's part of you and, you, and part of you being authentic. But you kind of adjusted to the, I believe, the room and the culture. So when you get emotional and you get loud and I'm big guy, people say, hey, you're coming on strong and aggressive that could be toxic to some people. So help me help us understand the balance between toxic and being yourself and finding the right environment. I, I think it's a moment where you start to feel, I mean, and this is the only way I could describe it. Like I don't have the, def, I don't have the definition for toxic, but for me, it's like a feeling when I feel uncomfortable of like how much I'm doing to either assimilate or to hide. Like me not cursing, for me, that wasn't like a big deal for me. There were even, transparently, there were even like some slides that I had to take out. Because again, <laughs> authenticity, right? But I felt comfortable removing that slide because I don't think it took away from the whole conversation that I wanted to have and the, and the points that I wanted to put. Now, if they would have said some particular slides, I would have had to push back. But I think you know that level of comfort on like when you want to and don't want to push back. But it's interesting, like y'all both mentioned personalities. There was actually a study done in a law firm that said, certain groups of people in their performance reviews in that open text field, you know what I'm talking about? Instead of the performance being judged, it was their personality being judged, which again, like, am I driving the numbers or are we talking that's about? Annoying. I yeah. yeah. So that's something interesting. Like whenever you get labeled called aggressive, you're like, what do you mean by that? Assertive too much. These are all sort of like labels that we all have. I would ask them to clarify that and also challenge them on how does that look with my performance? Because that's what's really important, I would argue. That's a really good one, that's a good one. We got a question from Slack, and I know we're gonna start wrapping up here in a second. This is not enough time. Who am I talking to? <laughs> I see you, Lauren Delala. Anyway, so my, this is the question from Slack. My grandmother had to learn English as a second language after coming to America. She couldn't have done work in this country otherwise. How do you balance authenticity with necessary personal improvement to achieve your goals? 
So I don't see learning another language as code switching. I just think that's like a necessary prerequisite for certain jobs. Now, I don't think cutting my beard isn't necessarily a prerequisite to get the job done, but communicating efficiently in English, I think is. Someone on the podcast said, I'm anti-code switching, but I'm pro strong communication. Find, your, find how you are most comfortable getting your point across. Again, you know when you're uncomfortable. You know, like when I say the word awesome, I cringe. That's just not in my vocabulary, but I said it for years. Why? I just, that's not how I talk. Why'd you say it then? Because I felt that, because everyone around me was saying that. Awesome. <laughs> like, I would say dope instead of awesome. That's just my word. Right. Yeah. That's a lesson to all of us. I feel like a lot of times we have to do some work internally to figure out who we are as our authentic selves, right? How do we do that? How do we figure out like the real us, that when we show up, it's consistent every time? Because there's this duplicity that happens Right? When you think that you're this person today and then tomorrow it kind of shifts and then the next day you're back to day one and people start to wonder about your character. Are we dealing with somebody who's really sincere and authentic because we're fighting to get to a certain place of inauthenticity? How do we deal with that? I would really think about defining that word for yourself, authenticity. Just like, what does it mean to you? And also have conversations with your family. Like, you'd be surprised what you were gonna learn about yourself and like the expectations that they had from you early on. Cause then you'll start to figure out like, oh my God, no wonder I've been acting a certain ways because I've been trained to do that from family. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think at an organizational level, there should be like a deeper view on, am I creating the most safe environment for people to really be themselves? I think there are just so many things that we've just accepted because they've been that way for years, but like, is it really necessary? I'll give you an example, right? The Yankees have a facial hair policy uh, for people that follow baseball. They also have a hair policy, right? Now, does having a beard determine where you, whether you're gonna hit a home run or not? No, but it, the, the policy has been like that for years. They're like, but it's not just that. It's like in finance as well, there's like certain policies like that. But then you get questions on like, one, it's been like that for years. And then two, what are my clients gonna think if I show up a certain way? Like people think that they're gonna do less business if they allow their employees to truly show up themselves. But it's a story that we've all made up in our heads. Have y'all done the research on if I allow my employees to show up with a face tattoo, like no one's gonna do business with me? Or is that a story we're making up? I don't know. I think we need to question just like everything. So what's the truth and what's in the matrix? Yeah. So we've got one minute left and we're going to squeeze in one last question. I feel like this conversation is so good and we've got to be able to continue it, Pavel, because I really believe that we're impacting our people and it's a journey. It's not just a moment and we have to keep investing in ourselves and working on ourselves. Let me, let's ask this one question. So thanks for the person on, from the person on Slack. They're looking for thoughts on constructive dissent, as in not being afraid to be vocal about how and why something doesn't make sense, but everyone else seems okay with it. I, I just do it. 
Uh, I don't, uh, yeah. I mean, listen, at some point, when you start showing your most authentic self, it's going to be met with resistance. As, like, well-intentioned as it is, someone's going to have something to say. But listen, like, you're not here in this world to please everybody. There's some people that are going to mess with you because of who you are. They're going to like you. There's people that aren't going to like you. It's impossible to please everybody. But the people that are looking for you, for looking for the representation that you're looking to provide, they're looking for you. They want to find you. And that's how you start changing culture. And, like, at first, like, you may be the only person being vocal about it because everyone's been trained to be silent about something, right? But once you start talking, everybody's going to start doing it, right? Because there's this idea that, like, all of these conversations, they often go untold, right? When they go untold, we feel alone. When we feel alone, we feel like we're the problem, right? So this idea of, like, not being vocal, we're not being vocal because we think we're the only ones experiencing it. We're not. There's millions of people in the world. You think you're the only one with that idea, with that problem, with that issue, with that solution? No. The more that you are yourself, that's how you, like, change things. That's how you, like, you want to be the representation that you wish you had when you were younger because someone else is looking for it. I vow. Man. (laughs) No words. And with that, I think we're going to wrap up today's session. I am just so honored to be on this stage with you and to have this conversation and to have the, this feeling of comfort to be my whole self, not just with you in this conversation, in this room, with the folks who are here, with the folks who are watching online, and to be a part of this Revel in Tech conference that's embracing this movement and this moment of redefining professionalism and this clarion call to all of us to show up as our whole selves. Figure out who that is. Embrace that and bring it with you. And it's going to be a journey. You're not just going to show up tomorrow like completely liberated, right? It's going to take work, and you're going to have to invest in yourself. And I challenge you to do that. And then we'll see you. You'll show up. Your work, it'll show up in your work. It'll show up in your walk. It'll show up in your conversations. And we're waiting for it. Can can I say one last thing? Yeah. Listen, if you don't want to do it for yourself, anyone have children here? Nieces? Nephews? Y'all got mentees? I had a story on the podcast of this, like, CEO of this big advertising agency. And she was like, her son could tell who she was going to have a meeting with, depending on how she was going to get dressed. Oh. Right? She was like, oh, mom, you're going to meet with the finance people? <laughs> oh, mom, today's the creative folks? Listen, people are watching. And at the end of every episode, I ask people, like, what inspires you to continue being your most authentic self? Literally, unprompted, everyone has said for the next generation. Everybody, right? And we all say, like, oh, my God, I want an inclusive environment. Oh, my God, I want diversity. What's the point of inviting me to work here if y'all are just faking it, right? Because I walk in, I do the eye test. The signals that you're sending, whoever's looking up to you, is that they need to fake it in order to be successful. In fact, that son asked the mom, Mom, should I change who I am when I go to school? And if they're not asking you, they're already thinking it. Because that's what you're showing them. So if you don't do it for yourself, do it for whoever's looking up to you.
And with that, guys, let's thank Pavel. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. I just want to say, check out his shoe game. I mean, we can't, I don't know where the camera is, but somebody's got to check this shoe game. It's crazy. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great day and enjoy the rest of the conference. Mi gente, that wraps up this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please do us a favor. Wherever you're listening, like, share, comment, leave a rating and a review. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to subscribe. If you're listening on any podcasting platforms like Apple, Spotify, etc., please do us a favor. Leave a rating and a review. It's going to help us in the algorithms to make sure that these experiences get heard by as many people as possible. Because that's the only way that we're going to redefine professionalism. Thank you and see you next time.